knew I made it. I made it. At least I got the first step right. I said something to Ben earlier. I said, this is kind of weird. Today I have two preachers standing out and sitting in the audience listening to me. I'm like, this is not right. <laughs> this lesson was part of what Ben said last week in his lesson about Paul. That's kind of what inspired this. Saul or Paul is the name of this. And I was thinking about this, and I'm like, can this really be the same person? We know who Saul of Tarsus is, and we know who Paul is. Can it really be the same person? My two cents worth, but before I say what my two cents worth was, you guys are going to think, and why, why I did this, I have no idea. The Ozzy Osbourne song, going off of the rails on a crazy train. <clears throat> I don't believe that Saul and Paul are the same person. He's not. They are not. And I'll get to this later in the lesson and explain why I believe that. But Saul was a very well-educated man, mostly in the ways of the Old Testament. Saul, in Acts chapter 7, where Stephen was put to death by stoning, stood by and watched and agreed with what took place. Does that sound like the Paul that we know? It doesn't, does it? Just a side note, that's a terrible, terrible way to die. Have people throwing stones at you knowing they're going to kill you. Had to be very painful. But Stephen stayed faithful till the end. I'm going to read Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through 60 here. <coughs> now when they heard this, they were cut to the quick. They began gnashing their teeth at him. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. So he was standing there watching this being done. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. That's crazy, isn't it? Same person, Saul and Paul. In verse 56, he told them, I see the heavens opened up, and the Son of Man is sitting at the right hand of God. But they didn't believe. So I wanted to ask you a question. Do you ever feel like Stephen when you're hanging, when you're having a conversation about God to people? think they really believe you? Or is their heart made of stone? The majority of people are going to believe the lies and rhetoric. That's a big word for me. They hear on TV from lost people every day. Why? I believe it's because it's just so much easier. You guys that have 
about. I don't have a lot of fluff. It's more about making sure this stuff gets done. <clears throat> In verse 58, they had, <clears throat> they had driven Stephen out of the village and began stoning him as Saul stood by watching. And in verse 60, I want to be like Stephen here. He fell to his knees and cried out to the Lord, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. That's a very difficult statement. Standing there watching people throwing stones at him, asking them to be forgiven of their sins while they know That's, that's a difficult, that's beyond imagination, especially in our world today. For one, we don't have the capital punishment like that anymore. But sometimes I think we should. But just Then when he asked God not to hold this in against them, we all know if they followed the steps to become a Christian, God forgave them. Can you be like that? Can I be like that? I would hope that I could. My hope is is that we all are. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says Paul, I'm sorry, it says Saul was in hearty agreement with them, putting Stephen to death. So not only did he agree with them, he was in hearty agreement with them. And on that, that day, and Stephen's death, and a, and a great persecution began that day against the church in Jerusalem. Who led that? Who do you think was leading the persecution against the church in Jerusalem? Paul was. Does that sound like the Paul that we know? It doesn't, does it? And what did Paul do next? He's entering house after house after house. People that were worshiping the Lord and putting them in prison, and worse. And again, I ask you, do you really think this Saul is the same person as Paul? He was going through Jerusalem, putting people in prison for what he was doing. In Acts chapter 8, it tells us of several conversations in the country several conversions in the country, including the eunuch. And in Acts 9, verses 1 and 2, which I will read, (laughs) Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priests and asked for letters from him, from them to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Still persecuting Christians, wasn't he? Still going after them. This time he asked for the letters, so it would be illegal according to the law, wouldn't it? According to the old law. We move on to verse uh, 3 through 6. This was a real game changer here. This was a real game changer. As he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus. And suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, 
why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Saul had to be scared out of his wits. Could you imagine that? Flash of light, boom, you're done. Can't see anymore. You don't know who's talking with you. I mean, think about it. Put yourself in Saul's situation. He's on the side of the road, probably someplace he hasn't been before, or at least didn't know very well, and flash of light, and he's blind. And now somebody's talking to him that you can't see. He doesn't know who it is. He had to just think, okay, I'm dead. That had to be the first thought in my brain. Oh, I'm dead now. It's like, whew. I don't know about you, but I really don't want to hear those words from Jesus. Why are you persecuting me? That had to be, without a doubt, the most bone-chilling words he's ever heard in his life. Knowing everything he'd been doing up to this point, which in his mind he was absolutely 100% convinced he was doing the right thing. Are there a lot of people in this world who are convinced of what they're doing in their in their religion? Just like Saul. But are they right? We all know the answer to that is no. So we know now Saul goes on to Damascus and stays there for three days, blind. He neither eats or drinks. I'm sure he was weak, hungry, looking for some help. And Ananias is going to be the help. Most of you have heard that story about Ananias. Did he want to go? This is the guy that's killing people. God, and you're wanting me to go see him? I could just see this now. It's just, it's like, really? No, 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 no. But in verse 11, <coughs> I'll read 11 through 14 here, Caleb. And the Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight. And inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from chief priests to bind all who call on your name. Verse 15 and 16 here is a really amazing verse for me. I think we can all learn a huge lesson from Ananias. I remember a verse, Mark 15, 16. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. What that mean? To all creation. All creation. Saul is part of all creation, is he not? He's just like our friends, our family, our co-workers, acquaintances. Ananias did not want to go, which I will read here momentarily. I know there are several times we've had the opportunity, but we're afraid or scared. 
mostly of the rejection of most of those conversations, but we must stand strong, myself included. Because I really do not want to stand before God on Judgment Day and say, I was afraid. Stephen, Paul, and yes, Ananias was afraid. But when you have God on your side, what is there to be afraid of? Rejection? Persecution? We have to have the mentality of next. You've all heard that story of the, probably heard, you got to let that stuff roll off your back. you got to have them duck feathers on your back, just let that stuff roll off. That's hard to do, isn't it? Do not make them mad because it is simply just not their time. We can't give up on them, but patiently waiting for the right time. So now that I'm off on that tangent, let's get back into the meat and potatoes here again. Let's get back to Acts 9, verses 15 through 16. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine. Ananias had to be like, What? <laughs> Are you for real? This guy that's been persecuting Christians and killing them is going to be an instrument of God's. But Ananias was faithful. To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And boy, does he suffer. So Ananias, after laying hands on Saul, said, we're on 17 and 18 here, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he regained his sight and he got up and was baptized. Baptized. Did he wait for a day or two? It says immediately, didn't it? Makes me feel like maybe we need to have this happen to some other people. Maybe make them suffer for three days like this and see what they think about that. Like, whoo. But that's that's why God gave us our our own choice. Credibility. But he got up and was baptized immediately. <laughs> It says, Saul was with the disciples who were at Damascus for several days. And verse 20 says, he immediately began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue and saying, he, Jesus, is the Son of God. So, it's almost like one day, he's persecuting and killing people. And the next day, what's he doing? Praising God. Except now he's not doing it in old ways. He's doing New Covenant, right? So it's like he did it about face. 180 degrees instantly, wasn't it? Just a few short days before this, Saul wanted to put people just like him to death. 
And in prison, now Saul went on to several to death in prison. Now Saul went on to several places and converted many people. And in Acts 13, verse 9, it says, Saul, who is also known as Paul, and from this point forward, he was known as Paul. This Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit and teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know for, for years. And we know for years that Paul had terrible things happen to him, including imprisonment. His imprisonment at least twice we know of, right? Multiple times that he was beaten, stoned. Verse 21. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose. But I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ. For that is very much better. Yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Does that sound like the same Paul that was Saul? Doesn't, does it? Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. Wow. Verse 26 says, Confidence may abound in me. May abound in Christ Jesus. Paul is giving all thanks to Christ. None of this would be possible if God had not sent his only son here to die on that cross for all his people. Yes, he died for all. Unfortunately, not everyone will spend eternity in heaven with, with God. So back to my question earlier, is Saul and Paul really the same person? And I, you know I said earlier was no. And let me explain why I said that. Saul was a vile, heartless individual killing and persecuting Christians. That's who he was. Paul, on the other hand, yep, Paul, on the other hand, was teaching and preaching the gospel. This is completely the opposite of the Saul of Tarsus. Completely the opposite. As I said earlier, 180 degree turn, wasn't it? Almost like that. Yes, Saul and Paul was the same body and soul, but they were completely different people. And that is exactly who we need to be as Christians. We must leave our old self in the watery grave and rise up and be a completely new person, just like Paul. Kind of gives baptism a whole new light, doesn't it? You think of how much it changed the Saul of Tarsus of all. Like that. It's hard to understand how some of that can... There was a few days there, but still, it's gave... Saul of Tarsus had a lot to think about in three days, didn't he? And he learned a lot in just those three days, didn't he? 
became a completely new person. So, if there is anyone here this afternoon that needs to be baptized or needs the prayers of the church, please come forward as we stand and sing.